Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. In 25 minutes, we'll talk to Eric Flack of Channel 9, D.C., WSA-TV in town. He's got details on Roger Goodell, Muriel Bowser having a conversation this winter about RFK Stadium as a possible site for a new stadium if there is a new owner. Uh, We will dig in on that with him coming up in just a bit. The Commanders have the 12th most salary cap space in the NFL going into the league year, which is under two weeks away from getting going. There are 11 teams with more money to spend. By the way, the Chicago Bears are in a world of their own. They have all of the cash. Just as an example, Washington's in, in good spot, you know, and they just gave a bunch of money to Ron Payne, one year, 19-plus million, if they mm-hmm. don't get a long-term deal done. So they could create a lot more space, frankly, if they sign a deal with Deron Payne. If they're able to do it, yeah. If his cap number this year is like $6 million and it's backloaded, you know, that would actually create $13 million for this year right then and there. The Bears have about $100 million. Looks like a misprint when you look at that number. Falcons at $66 million or second. The Raiders with $48 million or third. The Bears have $99 million to spend. And, by the way, have the number one pick in the draft that they're expected to trade for a King's ransom. They could be the most – I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word here, the right term. They could be the most different year over year of any team in football. Like, they should have a brand spanking new roster. Ever. Uh, I would. Like, yeah. They will be this year, probably. But, I mean, all time. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that turns into wins right away or what their process looks like. Or you know, if you take a kid quarterback, you're going to be slower to develop. Whereas, if they stick with Justin Fields, maybe you can win faster because their thought is that he makes a big leap next year. That's all possible. A, a la Jalen Hurts, but so much money to spend. Uh, we're talking O-line with you right now and what the commander should do to fix that offensive line, we agree that that's their biggest need, yes? Yes. Other than O-line, I like the idea of a corner in the first round. I have really enjoyed seeing Porter Jr. from Penn State mock to them because I think that guy's a stud. I watched him a lot this year. Obviously, the bloodlines, father having been a really good player and even subsequently a coach in the NFL, I'm more confident in guys like that working. You know, They grow up around a locker room. They know what it's like to be a big leaguer. I love bloodlines players, so for that reason, I'm all in on that pick. I would have no problem with it. But you got to do some work before then in free agency, probably fixing this O-line to avoid tackle or guard in round one. What other areas, though, other than another corner, maybe? It's not like they don't have anything there. They're just thin. Fuller was up and down. I thought St. Juice came on and played really, really well last year. So if you take corner and O-line and you, you, you say, okay, those are obvious needs, we'll separate them. What else would you say would be in the conversation that's a big enough need that they would either make it their marquee free agent addition 
or their first-round pick. This might be a bit of a hipster answer on this. I'm not in love with their tight end room. I know the names. I like the names fine. I, I, there's nothing. I don't have anything against Bates or, or Turner or Armani Rogers was, was intriguing. I just don't trust Logan Thomas to be healthy and to be explosive again. They could use a bona fide pass catcher there, a guy that can do a little bit of everything. So not, not somebody where it's a tell. If he's in the game, it's attention, power run. Or if he's in the game, it's obviously a pass. I want someone to do a little bit of both. You know, like you're – your Kyle Rudolph tier of of, of tight end. I, I think maybe that. You mean when he was good, like well, six yeah, years ago. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like no, nobody that's going to blow your socks off. Like nobody that's a, a you know, a top of the payroll type player, but somebody that's a bit more consistent that could be that five to 600 yard tight end that can help you in the run game a little bit. Yeah, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle's not walking through that door. Right. I'm not asking for Mark Andrews or Darren Waller to create mismatch problems. Kyle Pitts has been a disappointment. You know, you could find a freak athlete in the mid-rounds maybe who – is like a plus-size wide receiver, somebody like that. What would be amazing for Sam Howell, though, is if he had a Dallas Goddard or a Mike Gesicki kind of figure. That's the tier I'm looking for. Gesicki, by the way, who supposedly the Dolphins were trying to trade forever and ever and ever, uh, was a 100-target, 70-catch, 700-yard guy at one point in time. Uh, TJ Hawkinson needs to be paid by the Vikings this offseason. He was great for them once he he went over there. He he was huge. They're not going to have a tight end in that pool. They're they're not going to go bring in a Zach Ertz or someone. I understand that. But there's a a Grand Canyon gap between that and the production they got last year. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem with you wanting a tight end. And I've been outspoken about the fact, especially with Sam Howell as your starter, that I really want to go get a guy who could catch 65, 70 balls. Because I don't trust that Logan Thomas can be that guy again. They still do think that. And in fact, Rivera, to anyone who's asked all offseason, keeps saying, tight end, tight end, tight end. We're set, we're set, we're set. Like Anyone brings it up. He says, no, we, we like that room. And he went pretty hard with Matthew Barry of NBC. I, I mean, all these interviews, I don't know where they're coming from. The guy must have done interviews for 50 so hours. So many interviews. Yesterday. He must be so tired. So we just got this sent to us. This was yesterday at the Combine, I believe, as well. And tight end came up. At the tight end position, we feel really strongly about who Logan is for us. We believe he's going to come back even better. You know, he had a good year last year coming off the knee. But we think now he'll be back, and we got some good young talent behind him. That does not sound like Mm-mm. we might need a tight end. If they really do believe that Logan Thomas is going to be a dude and that he's going to play like he did a couple of years ago and stay healthy, then they don't need a tight end because you've got your blocker in John Bates. You've got your young athlete who can be a mismatch and help you in the red zone who's plus-sized in Cole Turner, who we saw nothing from last year, partially because of opportunities and health and and also because when he was on the field, it, it just didn't work. But they like their three. Bucks. Showalter style. The, the Orioles gave out a T-shirt at Camden Yards years ago uh, about a quote he said in a press conference where he said, I like our guys. They like their guys. Logan Paulson, Cole Turner, John Bates, and don't forget Amari Rogers, the uh, former quarterback who they handed the ball off to on some jet action a couple times. He was a good athlete. So would I like them to upgrade tight end? Sure. It just doesn't seem like they want to. Doesn't seem like it. They're not telegraphing it. All right, let's go to Ralph in D.C. on Grant and Danny. What's your blueprint for fixing this broken O-line in front of Sam Howell? I'm thinking, you know, thanks for taking my call. I'm thinking, man, we need to just go ahead and um, with that 16th pick, if if who we want ain't there, we need to just go ahead to the next best thing is the you know best cornerback at that spot, and then we'll go from there. So Appreciate I you, really dude. do like huh? – Thank I you, man. I really do like – I really do like a lot of these tackles and guards that's coming out, but I would love to have a guard that can play center too. 
and that'll definitely help us out. And I think we can get even that. If we miss on the first round, I definitely know we can get it in the second round. Appreciate you. Yeah, you want an interior lineman. I mean, that, that can be had outside of the first round. I'll tell you this. If you take a guard in round one, it better not be a guy who also plays center. You get a guard in the first round, you better kick ass. You know, that, that is a all-pro three uh-huh. years from now. That is a Pro Bowl player. Brandon Scherf was drafted in the top five because he was a tackle in college, and they thought initially he'd be a tackle. Didn't have long arms. It took a few practices, basically. Day one of training camp, they said, That is a guard. Morgan Moses, you're now the right tackle. Scherf, you're going to be a really, really good guard. So if, if you want a guard center, I, I've seen a million guys like that get drafted. Fourth round, third round, fifth round. Most of them don't end up being really good either the position. They're not a jack of, you know, they're, they're jack of two trades. Like but it's it's nice to have a West Schweitzer. of neither. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's nice to have a nice depth guy that can wear a couple different hats as a as a roster resource. That's not what I want my first round pick to be. Maybe not in my second round pick, to be honest with you. Eric in the city. What's up? Hey, how you doing? What's up, bud? Good. Thanks for calling. Listen, I started to hang up because you hit everything on the head that I've been trying to say for months. They need to do the offensive line, and they need a tight end. They need a Gronkowski. They need a, a Jason Witten. They need a Ernst. They need a Andrews, like in Baltimore. They need that. We haven't had one since Cooley and Vernon Davis. And every team. Well, no, well remember, knows. I mean, Jordan Reed was a that dude. And he was a beast. He knows that we, they don't even have to play our tight end. First of all, he can't stay healthy. He's been here, what, four years? This will be year and four. He yeah, he can't stay healthy. They need to go in the draft and get a big, fast, tight end. So Eric's on to something a little bit, actually. Because I could talk myself into Logan Thomas having a great year again. What really is the chance of that? I don't think it's very good. They do, though, by the way. They 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 love this year after the year off of ACLs. But, you know what I mean? Which is as, true. As, as a thing. And I'm sure scientifically, like, someone could point that out. But. He's going to be 32. Like It's not like he's 26 in a couple years removed. So, remember, he was drafted initially, initially as a quarterback. He eventually moved to tight end in, like, 2014. He had his first ever opportunity to play tight end in the NFL in 2017. Mm-hmm. He was years removed from being drafted at that point, and he was not a kid anymore. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 2014 draft, and he was targeted as a tight end in a game for the first time in 2017, it wasn't until really 2019 before he left Detroit that he was actually used, I would say, not extensively, but a good bit. Came to Washington, and I give him full credit. They looked at him, and they said, this guy could be a weapon. This guy could be a Ron Rivera style TE1, okay? Oh, whoa. He could Does that be, mean starter? He could be a horse, mm-hmm. and he was. 70 catches, 110 targets. Almost 700 yards. Mismatch in the red zone. He had six touchdowns. He would outleap people. He'd get on the lifeguard stand, Danny, and come down with a, a corner draped around him or a safety who c- couldn't run with him. That was three seasons ago in 2020 in the pandemic year. Seems a long time ago. Last year, he only played in six games. And in those six games, he had 18 catches. Talking about kind of three catches for 30 yards or something like that on average. Serious ACL injury. To his credit, he busted his butt. He came back fast. He didn't lollygag. He wasn't worried about getting back on the field and taking care of his body or letting the mental overtake him, right? He played football. Mm-hmm. I love guys that play football. 14 games, 13 starts, rehabbed hard. But 
you, you weren't able to connect the dots. It, it was 30 catches and 300 yards. So they're saying, yeah, I know it's been two years of down, but he's going to be really good again. He's going back to 70 and 700. So I'm not sure about that. Numbers wise, I, I'm I'm a little I put a little bit less weight on last year's numbers, and and, and here's why: you got more mouths to feed. With, with last year, you got three really good wide receivers, a team that wanted to ruin the dang ball, Taylor Heineke throwing you passes. So I don't think he's ever going to have prodigious numbers coming back. To me, this is more about the eye test. He just didn't look like the same guy that they discovered, the, you know, the uh, the diamond in the rough who's getting a little bit of separation. It took him a minute, too, by the way, to acclimate to become a good tight end. First five, six games of the year, he had terrible separation scores as he's learning the position. That was really improved as the year went on, and he was, to their credit, a guy that they found. Okay, so if those improved all year long, as we know that they did, they did. Aren't, aren't they right to assume he'll be better this year? I just, but to me, he didn't look the same. After and that's understandable after those injuries, after the wear and tear, I, I get it. That happens, and Father Time's undefeated. I don't look the same as I did twenty years ago, or even two years ago, even this morning. But like, I, I just don't see it with him. That explosion, those quicks, like some of the, the the quick twitch and the strength, the same way that I did a couple seasons ago. I don't know. I, the, the tight end in this offense, I don't know that he's going to be a huge catcher. I don't think he's going to be a huge ball catcher. I don't think he's going to be a 50-60 receiver guy because they got those three wideouts. To me, but you got to have the ability to do that. Like, you can be featured if all else fails. Let's uh, get back to the lines and you guys wanting the way in on the O-line. Took a little detour there. Chudy is in Virginia. Would you rather them spend money on the O-line or hit it hard early in the draft? Well, you got to hit it hard early in the draft. You know, um, it's all about, like you said, it's all about cost effective. It's also all about building a team. You, If you know that you're going to have two Studs of the O line and they're young, and you're going to have them for a while. And that's the way to go. And we've seen that with the secondary. Um, even last year, you got you know you hit on guys like Benjamin St. Juice and Derek Forrest, and they turned out to be pretty good. And so you can dress like your secondary late. Um, free agency, maybe you want to hit in on you know surefire things like you know this time maybe actually get a linebacker in free agency, unlike last year. But you know um, no, the draft is the, the draft is the way to go. Get two. Good O-line guys and uh, heal your line naturally from that way. There, there is something. He mentioned two guys there rather than, you know, between free agents in the draft, maybe bring in three, four bodies. There might be something to be said for leaving open at least a path for a couple of the guys that are already in your building. And that isn't to say that you're giving them anything, right? But I actually thought Chris Paul did some really good things when he got to play. Uh, people may have forgotten. He was the seventh-round pick last year. Look good in preseason, and he, that's our point of reference here. He came on our show. He was awesome. We loved him. We thought, well, let's let's see where this goes. Hopefully he makes the team. He was on the P-Squad, then he was on the active roster, and as you said, good preseason. And at the very end of the year, he played against Dallas, and there's a video out there of just like a compilation of seven, eight plays where he's just burying dudes. I'd like to see more of him. I think he can knock you around in the run game. I have no idea what it's going to look like, you know, dropping back 30, 35 times in a contest, but there's there, there's some intrigue there, especially for a seventh rounder. I'm not as enamored right now with Sadiq Charles because I feel like he's played plenty and there have been injuries and, and lack of durability and just some of the performance hasn't been on that same level. But that isn't to say that you don't bring him in and let him compete and see if he gets better over the offseason. He knows that his opportunities are dwindling, and that can create some urgency as well. So let's say you have to move on from Chase Roulier, right, just because contract, injuries, et cetera. You could fill the need with one tackle drafted, maybe a center or another guard, but then you, you, there is one opportunity potentially for an interior guy, whether it's Sadiq Charles, whether it's Chris Paul, something like that. You could do that on the cheap. Well, yeah, if they go with two guys. If they, Yeah, but I'm My saying if Roulier is gone. They might gone. sign three starters or, or, you know, with 
It's certainly could. meaning yeah. also draft. But yeah, I think it's more likely you know, let's just say they draft a tackle in the first round, they sign a guard, and then Paul competes with somebody else at the other guard spot. Remember last year they thought they fixed it because they quote unquote signed two starting guards in Trey Turner. Norwell and, and Turner. Andrew Norwell and, and both of those things backfired. Jermaine's in Manassas. What's up? Uh, number one pick at 16, I would take uh, Trent Williams-esque left tackle. Uh, at 16, you want, you want one of the great left tackles ever. <laughs> I'd love that. I know. I know. We should have still had him, but, you know, we figured out a way to mess it up. Um, the left tackle anchors the offensive line, and the center calls the defense. If you moved uh, Charles Leno to right tackle, caused me into right guard, Rouye, I would replace him, move him either to left guard or just kind of deep six him uh, and, and get a left tackle. And plus, uh, we could develop John Bates to catch more passes because he's a good catch, uh, uh, catching tight end. My issue with Bates, thanks for the call, buddy. Good knowledge of the roster, and we appreciate it. Bates does not really do anything after the catch. I think he's got good hands, that but I'm with me. you. It, it, he's, a, he's a Mack truck doing a K-turn in an alley. I like John Bates as a player. Like uh-huh. He should have a 12-year NFL career. My boy, Logan Paulson, who's now in, all over the media in town and comes mm-hmm. on our show all the time, did Defenders games with me when they were on the radio here on The Fan, uh, going back to the last iteration. I love Logan. And as a player, I really liked him. He's going to be conscientious. Right spot, right time. Everything the coaches tell him. He's going to block. He's going to occasionally make the catch you need. He's going to catch two, three touchdowns on play action over the course of a season. But Logan's not going eight for 97. You know what I mean? L- Logan's not catching a ball, making a dude miss, turning no. up field, you know, giving you some shimmy move. Like, there's no shake and bake there. There is no. I don't think John Bates is at any point going to turn into a guy with wiggle or elusiveness, which is, again, not to say he shouldn't be on the roster. He definitively should. Absolutely a helpful player. But I think he's got a role. And you've kind of seen that role develop over the last couple of years here. Jay's in D.C. on GND. What's up, Jay? Hey, Jay. Jay. Hey. Hey, you guys. Hey, buddy. My bad. What's up, Um, bro? um, I think, like, as as radio fans, as, like, fans in general, I think we give up on people so quickly. I think, like, last year we were just talking the same stuff about Benjamin St. Juice because we were not in practice and we couldn't see him. Um, I I think we're just giving up on Rouye, like, way too too quickly. Like, when he's been in a game, he's played really well. True. Real quick, Jay. Kanye style, I'm going to let you finish. I don't. I'll speak for myself. Okay, I, I don't know what other people say about him. Chase Rouye is one of the top centers in the NFL, in my opinion. I think he's outstanding. The problem with Chase Rouye is that he has had two extremely serious injuries. I think his future, in some way, just playing at the level he once did, he's 29 now, is questionable. And he makes a ton of money. And so, for me, my questions are not: Is Chase Rouye any good? It's health, and are you going to continue to pay him? He's like one of the five highest paid players on the team. When he's played, I think, 10 games in the last two-plus seasons, like that doesn't work. Yeah, I think uh, we're, we're not in the locker rooms and we don't see him, see him that much. It's, there's a reason why they haven't done anything so far. Maybe they're just slow, but I just, I just think we give, give, him, give him a chance and hopefully he can come back because it's hard to find a good center, especially someone coming right out of college. You have no idea what you're going to get from somebody who actually calls the line and everything for a rookie. You don't want a rookie center and a rookie quarterback. So, I mean, so I, I would, I would love it. Like the best, best possible thing that can happen is Cosme stays the tackle gets better. 
moves the, moves the left tackle. Leno moves the right. We get Chris Paul, Chris Paul left guard, and Sadiq Charles at the right guard because when Sadiq Charles has played guard, he has played well. Um, the, everything that you said about tackle is the same thing with corner. There's not that many tackles or corners in the um, in, in the uh, free agency. And it's and it's best they have they you have to pay him a lot and I think it's best that you get him in um between the first and the second round. Jay, so. always, always love the call, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. I so to his point, not about each individual player, but I think you're right. The best case scenario for this team is what Chase Roulier is healthy and plays because to release him, dead cap is outrageous. It's it would be prohibitive. I think he's highly paid because he's good. If he's healthy again and he plays well. That's a win. That, that, you're not going to do better than that in terms of the center market drafting, uh, especially if it's a rookie in, a, in the mid-rounds or even someone in free agency that's got a lot of wear and tear. But is that realistic? That's the, I think that's the question you and I have. Yeah, I mean, he laid out what is, like, let's put on our burgundy and gold glasses and that's the dream scenario. put our jersey on and go to FedEx Field and scream as loud as we can. Cosme just moves over to left tackle, I think he said, at one point. At some point, because he developed? Cosme... Can we get him to play right tackle at a high level first, or are we just going to move him to left? I mean, they're talking about moving him to guard. We're now saying let's kick him to left tackle. I'm just trying to be both, yes, that's a good possible outcome, and also realistic about this, too. Roulier's cap number, by the way, is $12.4 million. $12.4 million. Yep. Charles Leno, your starting left tackle, is $12.5 million. Your center's 12.4, man. You got four guys paid higher. Allen, who you paid mega bucks to. Payne, who's on a franchise tag, which is how he got that coin. Two pro bowlers. Curtis Samuel at $13 million per. I would say is the only guy on the roster you can make the case is making more money than your... You know, there's a bigger gap of between pay and performance over the last two years. Now, the difference being when Rulier's played, dude's really, really, really good. And because he's a center, I don't know that people really give him that attention or credit. Jay's super sharp and plugged in, and he knows the team well, and so he gets that this guy is a great player. But it just complicates it when you've got five guys on your roster who make $12 bucks. It's not something you like or want to do. He's one of them, and you just can't keep him on the field. So you start asking some tough questions at that point. I do wonder with Leno why there's so much negativity, and, and someone tweeted me. I thought this was really smart. You can hit me up at Grant H. Paulson. Danny's at Funny Danny. They said that they think that sometimes fans jump all over Charles Leno because they're spoiled. Because for years, it's, we were watching Trent Williams yep. and we were watching Chris Samuels. It's the only position we've gotten right here in town consistently for the better part of 20 years. Two Hall of Fame caliber players at left tackle. We're used to that. Basically, elite level production, other than a, a half season here, a half season there, for the better part of a couple decades. Yeah. And so now you've got a, a good left tackle. And what that looks like is occasionally they get beat and occasionally they give up sacks. Yeah, the Kayvon Thibodeau play for a touchdown stands out in people's minds. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hurt in the second quarter stands out in people's minds. Overall, pretty consistent, though. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. We're winning off the field today at 345, and we're giving away four Caps tickets at 4 o'clock in about 40 minutes. But next, Channel 9 in town. Investigative reporter Eric Flack with the latest on RFK Stadium as a possible stadium site again. If a new owner comes in here, that's next. Grant and Danny on the fan. Welcome back, and thanks for making the show part of 
your football Friday, question mark? The defenders are home, Audi Field on Sunday. Football Friday, then. 1 o'clock game, I'll be there. Hopefully, I see you guys out there. I'm excited to see what the Audi Field venue looks like from an energy standpoint. Opening night was marvelous, but that's the opener. So now you run it back a couple of weeks later. They're 2-0, looking to get to 3-0 against another undefeated team. We'll talk to Derek King, who's a quarterback with the defenders, played at Miami and at Houston in college, on our Beltway Blitz today at 4 o'clock. Uh, they use two QBs. They use Jordan Ta'amu, their starter, and then bring King in as kind of a, a running threat. So we'll talk to him coming up at 4 when we give away those uh, four Caps tickets that we've got for you. you got to be listening here on Grant and Danny in a half hour. Let's get to the BetQL guest hotline right now. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Our pal Eric Flax, an award-winning journalist for Channel 9 in town, WSA-TV. And he has been uh, working the last 24 hours or so. This story that Roger Goodell and Muriel Bowser have had at least a conversation about the RFK site. So, Eric, my initial thought was, well, of course they have. Like, why wouldn't they? But it seems like there might be more to it than that. Give us some details. Well, I mean, I think it was a meeting that I'm understanding, if I'm understanding it correctly, the mayor sought out. Uh, you know, the NFL commissioner doesn't, doesn't make calls, he takes calls. But I think in this case, he did take the call and have the conversation because I think he wanted it made clear that the league does have an interest in keeping the RFK site alive. And to the extent that the NFL, with its incredible lobbying power here in D.C., can help grease the skids, with this tricky land issue so that if a D.C. council deal ever did get in place, that you wouldn't then have to start running around the hamster wheel figuring out how to get the land if D.C. council is on board. I think this is thinking by the NFL saying, hey, that's a great site. We want it to be in play. What can we do? How can we use our power, our influence, to make sure we have our ducks in a row if, if D.C. Council ever gets their act together and, and moves forward with a stadium plan. Yeah, at a minimum, competition is good. At a maximum, that's the best venue or, or, or best site, Eric. But you mentioned that the council and the mayor, and I'm not as plugged in as I used to be on D.C. politics as I'm no longer a D.C. resident, but uh, they don't seem to be getting along terribly well, not on the same page, it seems, what are the obstacles? In other words, it's not as easy as saying, hey, we'd like to be at RFK, and, and someone says, okay. There's a lot of complicating factors here. I'd love for you to break that down for us and our audience. Well, I will, Danny, because I learned a little bit more in this round of reporting about that as well. I think in the past we felt that Charles Allen, council member and longstanding stadium hardline opponent, had a coalition of seven votes that literally could just defeat any stadium plan. You have the majority of the 13 right there. They sent around a letter. He sent around a letter last year stating as such. Um, some of that core opponent opposition is now gone. One lost. One didn't run for re-election. Another person on that list, when I reached out to her in this latest drama reporting, Janice uh, Lewis-George, uh, declined to take a position on whether or not she would uh, uh, be open to a commander's st 
stadium discussion, and I think all of this comes with the qualifier if, in fact, Dan Snyder is no longer owner of the team. I think that that has to it has the conversation has to start there. Um, you you so so you don't have a coalition of no votes that can kill any plan on arrival. That's that's one. You do have a Phil Mendelson problem, who is chair. And who told me in a statement, well, I, I, Dan Snyder or no Dan Snyder, I want to see the Wilkinson report before I'd even talk about uh, a stadium. Now, we all know that's never going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with Mary Jo White. We know there's never going to be a Wilkinson report. So he's asking for something that, 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 that's an impossible, impossible to, to make happen. But I also learned that there are ways around even the chair of D.C. Council. There are ways for a, a majority of, of council members to bring a bill to, to the floor, so to speak, to the full council as an emergency measure. So while Phil Mendelson, if he continues to oppose this and be at odds with the mayor, um, can certainly be an obstacle, it's not uh, a hard and fast no anymore. If, in fact, if, in fact, those who who have favored a stadium, the the Kenny McDuffies, the Vince Grays, uh, the Trayon Whites, uh, the Brooke Pintos of the world, if they are able to amass enough of a coalition to say, hey, we want to talk about this, then Phil Mendelssohn can't unilaterally stop it. He can make it difficult, but he can't unilaterally stop it. So this might be somewhat redundant to what you just said. Uh, Eric Flack is with us from Channel 9 on Grant and Danny. But I want to peel one more layer of this onion back. Charles Allen, longtime stadium opponent, you said. For Allen and other folks like him that are stadium opponents, we knew at one point in time they'll never be back in D.C. until they change the name. The name has changed. They'll never be back in D.C. until Dan's gone. Let's say Dan's gone. Like, why else do they oppose this thing? Why they don't say, they want it? Because it's a, they say it's a bad use of the land. The RFK site at 195 acres is, if you think about it, Truly the last undeveloped plot of land in the entire Washington, D.C. jurisdiction. That's it. There's some land I reported on uh, called Poplar Point that's right across the Anacostia River from Nats Park, but that is kind of owned. It has all sorts of environmental issues. This is really the only land that you can build on left in D.C., and the Charles Allens of the world say we need housing. Affordable housing is a crisis in Washington, D.C., and we can't use the majority of 195 acres for, for a sports stadium when there is such a desperate need for housing in this city. If they now, the build mayor, housing, it's not going to be affordable anyway. Well, of course, and and it, they they would argue, they would push back that it's about the it's about the the the, the uh, just having the adding to the inventory. Excuse me, it's about the inventory. So more housing, because like this more neighborhood housing. that I'm sitting in here in Ward Six, by the way. Yeah, th this was supposed to be affordable housing at one point, and I walk by and I'm like, how in the hell does anyone live here? I, exactly, I can't live here. I don't, I don't, I don't know how people do this. Exactly, but to their point, now you're kind of making their point a little bit because they're the. That is in large part because Nats Park has been such a huge success. And, and so everybody wants to live down there because it's so hot. So you, could see, you can look at it two ways. You could say, well, the housing is never going to be affordable anyway. True, but at least there would be more of it. But you could look at it, if you flip the coin, 
D.C. has got an economic problem right now. They yeah, desperately need revenue. Yep. And, and, and nothing is going to bring the city more revenue than a Nationals Park 2.0, meaning another stadium that you then add housing around it and retail around it. And that, many people would argue, is the, is the uh, infusion of cash this city desperately is going to need when you're going to want to pay for the Charles Allen programs of the, the free bus rides and, and, and all those sorts of things. So, you know, those behind the stadium say we can do both. We can build a stadium and also add housing and mixed-use retail, and we can do it all. But there is a group that just will not budge on this. And the question is, are they the majority of the, the council? And I think our reporting showed that that is not so certain anymore, that the majority of council is a no on the stadium in all costs. Channel 9's Eric Flack with us for another minute or two. You led me to to the point that I was going to make. Everybody has said the same thing in this city for decades, and then what they actually do has always been kind of a different story, Eric. You mentioned affordable housing. I would argue housing's never been less affordable, but whatever. We've covered that. It's the revenue shortage because people aren't coming back to work in the same degree, and they are feeling it. They can only put in so many uh, speed cameras uh, here in town to kind of try to make up uh, the revenue. It's a very serious thing, and an objection, an injection of revenue here, I think maybe change a lot of minds. I don't know if you're changing everybody's mind, but maybe enough to get a vote passed. Where does that factor in? I think it factors in huge, and I think, you know, there was a time where we talked about this on your program last year. And, and it just seemed like such an impossibility, this RFK idea. But I think so much has changed, not just with ownership, but with the economics of the city, that D.C. cannot afford to not consider all new available revenue sources. It's bad business. Whether they ultimately do it or not is a different question than whether we study it, we have a true open discussion about it with our city leaders and decide whether or not this is in the best interest of the city. You have a dire financial forecast that just came out. You have bills that are not going away. You have programs that your CFO says are going to sunset and go bankrupt if you don't figure out how to pay for them. Why not look at one of the biggest money generators from a, a, a retail and neighborhood stand, uh, standpoint that, that, than there is? Eric, we're late, so we only have about 30 seconds here, and this probably takes longer, so maybe we'll get you back on to do this another time. But you mentioned the idea of Nats Park 2.0 as a vision. There is a real argument that NFL stadiums can't do what baseball stadiums do. And I kind of subscribe to it, although I would say if this is an indoor facility, which it almost certainly would be, that I don't know why it couldn't, why you couldn't have concerts and venues all the time. The argument is you get 81 home dates for the Nats, you'd have a total of 10 or whatever for the Commanders. But that's not really how football stadiums work when they're indoors. Can you just give me a thought on that? Real quick, I will tell you that FedEx Field is used, you know, 70 80 times a year, somewhere in that neighborhood. We just don't know about it. The type of stadium development that people, uh, that cities do now, are communities. They're not just about what's going on inside the stadium. And the dome is a game changer as far as making the venue 
a venue that you can use more than 10 Sundays a year. Eric, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it, guys. Nice to talk to you. That's why we love having him on. He's succinct and he's uh, informative and he gets you up to speed on what's going on. So we appreciate Eric making time for us today as he works that story. Next, let's win off the field. You call us and tell us how you're in the win column. Teeny tiny mini moral victories you care about that nobody else would. 800-636-1067. That's our number for winning off the field. Next, we're giving away four Caps tickets in 20 minutes. Then what happens? He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. It is time to tell us how you're winning off the field. This is the smallest moral victory. Something that happened in your day that put a smile on your face. That if you told someone else about it, it would be weird that you even brought it up. They wouldn't care about it. 800-636-1067 is the number here on Greg and Dave. I am winning off the field and losing off the field. Which one do you want? I want, let's go bad first, and then okay. I can have a delicious dessert afterwards. A couple of months ago, uh-huh. for the first time in my life, my guy, Ryan Clary, he's my guy. He's not like uh, our Vita Sabonis or your Vita Sabonis. He's my Vita Sabonis, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd never had an Uncrustable at that point. A, a, a peanut butter and jelly, a little sealed circular version of the sandwich little snack, right? And yep. they're available in our market. And he forced one down my throat. He held me to the ground, kicking Pinned you down. And he shoved it right in my throat, right? And Gosh, I ate the thing. and Violent. I took him to HR. It was weird. Right. And no one was there. He got fired, but we brought him back. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. He's my guy. Your we guy. can't do the show without him. He's got to be here. Point of the dude's story is, after that weird circumstance, I decided I liked these things, right? I've since bought them at one point, had them in the fridge. I've had a couple more on days where I'm really hungry. Well, it's a Friday during the Lenten season. Your boy's not supposed to eat meat today. So for lunch, I made sure I didn't eat meat. I'm a little bit hungry. And I said, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I won't get a meat stick. I won't get the stuff I normally get. I'll just tide myself over with an Uncrustable. I went over to the market. No. Every single time I want an Uncrustable, they're not available. They're just, they're gone. I only have thought about them probably like three times in the last three weeks. And each time. Every time I go over, the, the section where they would be is vacant. Someone is eating all the Uncrustables. Therefore, I am losing off the field. Oh, no. Thank you, Frank. But you want to know how I'm winning off the field? I wanted the good turn at the end. Give me the sunshine after the rain here. Tonight's the night, I think. I'll have to wait until uh, the kids are in bed and my wife goes to sleep so I don't feel like I'm leaving my family oh, to be alone. Mm-hmm. I need everyone to be asleep, so mm-hmm. it'll probably be late night. Mm-hmm. Creed 3. Two nights ago, I watched Creed. Last night, I watched Creed 2. I sense a theme. Tonight will be Creed 3 in theaters. The ninth installment of the Rocky series, currently sitting at 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. If the trailer is any indication, we'll bump that up a little bit after I give it my score. Creed 3. Great trilogy. Big fan. Michael B. Jordan's my guy. Man crushing hard on him this week. Let's eat some popcorn and watch a film. Therefore, I am. Winning off the field. Mine is very basic. I read Dr. Seuss to the kids this morning at my youngest school. I crushed it. I did so well, they asked me to read it again. I read it twice. I read Walk It in My Pocket two times. 
Therefore, I am. Winning off the field. Do you have it pulled up right now? I got it right in front of me. You're supposed to do a dramatic reading for us, much like you did in class. There's a walket in my pocket. Did you ever have the feeling there's a wasket in your basket? Or a neuro in your bureau? Or a wasset in your closet? Sometimes I feel quite certain there's a jerton in the curtain. Sometimes I have the feeling there's a zlock behind the clock. And that zelf on the shelf, I have talked to him myself. That's the kind of house I live in. There's a nink in the sink and a zamp in the lamp, and they're rather nice, I think. Some of them are very friendly, like the yacht in the pot, but the yachtle in the bottle, some are friendly, and some are not. That was good right there, that little thing. And right there. That was really Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. They, they were into it. They were like, what's going to happen? Nothing happens, by the way. It's Dr. Seuss. Encore. Encore. I'm like the little kid. We want more. I was like, you guys know what an encore is? You're four. That's great. The, 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 what is this that you're using? It's actually like turning pages and stuff. This is a really cool. Comic. It is pretty neat, yeah. I found, I found it on the interwebs. Isn't that uh, just the thing people read on that's like, uh, what was that thing? It was huge a couple years ago. Kindle? The Kindle. Yeah, I got a Kindle. Is, is that what you're reading? No, this is just on, uh, on, uh, on, my, on my computer. Here, and it just happens to be a site that's got it all loaded up, and I just hit the button to go to the next page. The internet is amazing. It's undefeated. This, this it's internet, incredible. It might work, this internet thing. I can see it sticking. I know this is a big statement. I think it's going to change the world. Nope. I think it could. Might even make everything worse with how we interact with each other. Hmm. Not sure about that one, but I think it could. But then you can also <laughs> just, hey, Ryan, thanks. You can also just find stuff. That's the part that's still really cool to me. That's the noise Ryan made when he forced the uh, peanut butter and jelly down my throat. Eat this! <laughs> eat this! <laughs> Imagine Ryan holding me down on the ground. He's actually, like, no! He, he is, um, <laughs> like, he's legs on either side of me, you know? Like, Got he's your shoulders beating up pinned. his little brother. Yeah. Shoulders pinned like it's a three count. And he's shoving a peanut butter and jelly sandwich into my mouth, and he makes this noise. Ha! Right knee on your left shoulder, left right. hand pushing your other one down. You're helpless. He's got his, he's got the, the custom on his right hand, jamming it down your gullet. Please, right no, he's straddling me. Here's my big butt. <laughs> well, I certainly hope not. That was not our finest transition, Darius. <laughs> I mentioned he's straddling me, Darius inadvertently playing. Inadvertent, I'm certain. You know what? The best thing to do right now is to go to Andrew and Stafford. Hey, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Hey, Dan. Hey, Granny. Um, so I had to go to Manassas Courthouse today for a little thing, and I listened to the officer, and when they called my name, I stood up. I didn't even have to walk up. The judge said, it's dismissed. No fine, no court costs, no nothing. Therefore, I am What's winning off the field. Now, are you at, Look at liberty this. when you say a little thing? Is this like uh, maybe a speeding ticket or a red, red uh, light movement? What are we talking about here? I didn't have my federal duck stamp with me on my person when I was duck hunting this winter, so. Oh, no. And did the judge, like, they didn't even ask a question. They just saw it and were annoyed that you were even there, and just before you said anything, just moved along? No, if you didn't show up, you got a $100 fine and court costs. Oh. But you showed up, and you had the officer vouch for you saying, he's got his, we're good, or I'm good with it. The judge just said, you don't even have to come up. Dismissed. Good for you. Good for you. I probably am saying an opinion about something I don't know about, and then I'm going to look dumb. That's very it. possible. I've, Go for it. I I've been known this. to do that. Yeah. I don't think we should do the thing where the whole point is just to show up and you get out of it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get out of it. I'm saying let's not make him go there. See what I'm saying? Yes, I do. If it's not that big of a deal that all he's got to do is take off work, drive to the courthouse, ruin his day, show his thing. 
let's find another way to show it so that he doesn't have to do that. I love that, actually. That's I think it's a good opinion. Because I've, I've had to do that before where the cop said to me, as they're writing me the, I don't remember if it was a ticket or what it was, they're like, hey, man, I'll be honest with you. If you come to court, you tell the judge what happened. Or I, I, I wish it was, I remember the details, but the cop was super cool, and he's like, nothing's going to happen. He's like, just you just got to show up. Well, then how about you don't hand me the thing you're writing, if that's and I is. drive that way, and we'll just act like this never happened. Didn't quite work out that way. No, I, and I won't bore everyone with the story, but I had one where I, where I went, and I gave a very thorough explanation, and the judge said, you finished? I said, yes, sir, I am. Guilty plus court costs. <laughs> that one of those two. Yeah. Rich is an only. Hello, Rich. Hi, Richard. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Botting. Shocker. Grant had a bad food take that got proven wrong, by the way. So Which one? The Incrustable. Uh, I didn't have a take. I just hadn't had it yet. That's all. You I've been said eating. that you didn't they, like Uncrustables until it was forced down your throat. I, I didn't Good say job, I didn't Ryan. like it, guy. I think they came out <laughs> while I was trying to be healthy, and then they've been very popular in the last few years. And now I'm trying to be unhealthy as best as I can. <laughs> trying to so be unhealthy. You, is a great so now line. I eat them. <laughs> you, 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 Thanks, know, Grant, you know your truth, Grant. It's okay. Thank you. Um, I've been trying to go to the gym lately, so I picked up my boys hey. uh, driving home, went to McDonald's, said, you know what? I'm going to stay at the pass. Traffic hit. I am starving when I get home. Of course, there's no food. So after I give my boys their happy meals, there was the little extra fry when they said, you want apple slices or extra fries? So I took my kids' fries and I ate them while I cooked dinner. Therefore, I was winning in, off the in field. The little paper pouch, yeah, the little tiny paper yeah. in the in the uh, Happy Meal. It is a dad's. It's the dad's version of Prima Nocta from uh, from Braveheart. You just know they're not going to leave. They're going to leave some extra. Derek King, DC Defenders, they're home Sunday at one o'clock. Two and O DC, two and O Battlehawks. We'll ask him about the game. The quarterback from the Defenders is on the Blitz in a moment, and to kick off the Blitz at four o'clock, we're giving away Caps tickets on the fan. Ha! How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.